What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the TSK Show, we are going to preview the conference championship games in the NFL. Also, the Cleveland Browns have hired their sixth head coach in eight years, and we'll talk about Luke Keekley's surprising retirement. From the world of basketball, we'll discuss an idea that CJ McCollum had on his own podcast that could improve NBA All-Star Weekend. And Zion Williamson finally has a return date set, so we'll talk about if he can still win Rookie of the Year. The WNBA has had some major changes and improvements done to their collective bargaining agreement. And then I know we don't talk a lot of baseball here on the TSK show, but we have to talk about the ramifications of the Houston Astros' punishment for electronically stealing signs during their 2017 World Series run. All right, let's start the show. Jacob, Tyler, how are we doing, fellas? What's up, man? How's it going? I'm just having an early dinner. Early dinner? Some beef and broccoli, I Mm -hmm. see. Same, man. Where's your, yeah, where's your beef and broccoli? You got to get, get the snacks in while you can. Uh, Tyler's got some lunch. Oh, he's got a whole bunch me, of snacks over bringing there. Bringing me back to my childhood I right now. The, I hit the dollar store, you know. Listen, man, the dollar store is undefeated. In the snack game, it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by Tyler Pacholke and Jacob Gonzalez. It's been a hell of an NFL playoffs, in my opinion. Some of the most exciting games I think I've seen in recent memory and the conference championships are this week. It's, it's pretty crazy how fast this NFL season has gone by. What do you guys think? Always. Yeah. It's funny because not too long ago we were still doing the top 10 power rankings. Yeah. And teams are fighting for position as far as, as far as on the TSK show of which team belongs in which slot, as far as the power rankings go. Well, and what's interesting is, is three out of the four teams in the conference championship, I think our mainstays this season in yeah. uh, the TSK show power rankings. And then obviously we have the outlier, the Tennessee Titans, the sixth seed in the AFC. Which nobody would have put them in this slot at the beginning of the season. No, nah. absolutely not. Especially with Marcus Mariota as their starting quarterback week one. Yeah. No, the Titans are the, the Cinderella team. Definitely. Yeah, so the the Tennessee Titans, they're the third team since the 1970 merger to beat the number one scoring offense, the Baltimore Ravens, and the number one scoring defense, the New England Patriots, in the same postseason. Pretty tough. The other two teams that did that, they went on to win the Super Bowl, the 1988 49ers and the 04 Patriots. So they got history on their side. I still, I I mean, I know I've doubted them at every stage, but I still can't go with them. 
I'm I'm going with the Tennessee Titans over the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, I, I have wait, to go. Really? Yeah, I have yeah. to go with the team of destiny. They like, are the uh, team of destiny this year. They did win the matchup against them earlier this year. Yes, they did. Very, but but the way it similar. ended, though, the way it ended, it could have gone in the Chiefs' favor very, had they not blocked the punt. Very similar to the Foles Eagles in that sense where it is a destiny type of deal. But I don't think so. I don't think they got it. I don't, Listen. Think they really, I don't think they really got the juice. I mean, if Derrick Henry has an average game, then they're they're beat. Well, speaking of Derrick Henry, he's the first player to post back-to-back 170-plus rushing yards in the playoffs. He had 180, 182 rushing yards versus the Pats, and then 195 this past weekend against the Baltimore Ravens. And crazy enough, Ryan Tannehill has yet to throw for over 100 yards in a playoff game, which is absolutely unreal, yet they've been winning these games. Yeah, it's, it's like what Tyler said, though. It's good and bad for Henry and the Titans. It's great when he you, you feed him the ball and he's scoring for you, but if he has a bad game or not a great game like he has had... If he just has an average exactly, game. Exactly. Well, they're screwed. And then it's like if you get if they get down and they're playing from behind, are they as effective as... You know, controlling the ball and controlling the clock. and Right, and obviously we saw what Kansas City is capable of going down, I think it was 24 to nothing at one point. To Man, come that, back was, and that was crazy. To come back and win by 20-plus points, it was, it was like a 44-point swing. Which people probably thought that it was over for the Chiefs like they did for the Ravens. Because oh, that's yeah. how it happened for the Ravens. I looked at the score initially, and it was, what, 21-0, to 70 yeah. to 0 for the Ravens? Yeah. And now if you fast-forward to Sunday, I look at the score, and I'm like, oh, crap, 24-0 for the Chiefs? Impressive win. I mean, some people believe that they can win, and others have doubts. Um, the Chiefs-Texans was just crazy. That was a crazy game, but that just shows you how powerful the Chiefs team is. Yeah, I mean, we, we've said it all year. The Chiefs have probably the most explosive offense in the NFL with weapons like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and then Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP. Yeah, I got to imagine. I got to just, I got to see Chiefs Packers. Chiefs Packers, I mean, that'd be unreal. I think that's, uh, you know, one of the first Super Bowls, if not, you know, one of the first couple that the Packers were in definitely was Packers Chiefs, I'm pretty sure. I think we looked this up before. On the show. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now again. But uh, regardless, I mean, they're just two, like, storied franchises. And it was the Super Bowl one was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Green Bay Packers, and the Packers won 35-10. to 10. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be a good one, a uh, good old-school match. Obviously not going for the Niners, you know, in, <laughs> in, in division foe. Hey, I was rooting for your Seahawks, man. Yeah, see. And then I was pissed I, when they lost. I can't really go for the Packers because they beat the Seahawks. Titans, I just don't believe. So I got I got to roll with the Chiefs. But but even with the win that the that the uh, the Packers had though, they almost lost it. If if the if the Seahawks didn't, if, if they would have converted on the third down on yeah. the defense, oh, that yeah. game is theirs. No, I mean it was it it was a great game, one score game, always, um, always a dramatic ending. Like I like I said, and uh, you know we had a good season, controversial I mean, we ending. Could, we could uh you know yeah definitely, but. Um, we had chances to win the game. We didn't win it. it. You know, we had a shot to be a Super Bowl champ this year. It didn't happen. Disappoint. <laughs> it did, it's disappointing. But at the end of the at the end of the day, like we're a we're a solid foundation now. Like I, I'm not really worried about the Seahawks anymore. We're we're one of those class organizations where, I, I mean, every year Russell's been in the league. 
he's had a winning record. He's made the playoffs seven of the eight years. The one year he didn't make it, we went nine and seven. So, well, I was rooting for a Niners and Seahawks matchup. I know the Seahawks would be a contender, so I'm not too hurt. Yeah, but uh, all right. So, just to put it on paper, put it on yeah. wax. Yeah, I'm going with the Titans in the AFC, and then I'm going with the Green Bay Packers in the NFC. I'm going Chiefs over to the Pack in the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with the Chiefs and or with the Titans and Packers. I it's kind of hard for me not to pick against Aaron Rodgers, even with everything I said about yeah. Tennessee being the team of destiny. But Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl, it's like when the Packers come on now. beat us exactly how I thought that they could, and it was Devontae Adams. I, you know, I didn't really feel like the other players were worth mentioning. I thought it was a Rodgers Devontae Adams show, and we stopped that. Well, Allison came in clutch for them in the end. No, I mean other players played well for sure. But he's re- he's referencing a, a conversation. <laughs> yeah, but Devontae Adams did us dirty, man, and that's that's how we lost. I mean, we lost against Devontae Adams. Like you hold him to half his production, you know, a fraction of his production, we win the game. Yeah. So I mean are we looking for any like X factors or anything surprising this weekend to where something Nah. Something crazy could happen. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with I mean, that. <laughs> no, I, I don't think there's anything I don't think there's anything like special we're looking for. We know we know what to expect from Niners Packers. That's kind of a classic matchup. And then Titans Chiefs, we have it's kind of the I think that's the more interesting matchup. It's the David versus Goliath, kind of Cinderella versus Powerhouse. Um you know, the March Madness, big time school versus small school. It just kind of has that kind of feel to it where it, it is all kind of pointing towards the Titans. Everybody is kind of rooting for the Titans. Yeah, well, they, they've had the confidence, especially go. It's funny because the Ravens had all that confidence going into the playoffs, 13 wins, you know, up. Now the Titans come into the playoffs and they beat the Patriots and then they go and beat the Ravens. Now they have a lot of confidence heading into this matchup. Yeah, the Ravens never faced adversity. No. They, the Ravens never questioned themselves and then they found out. Then they, the first time they questioned themselves was during a playoff game, and that's not what you want. Yeah. I think what I'm most looking forward to this championship Sunday is what Aaron Rodgers is going to do against the San Francisco defense because San Francisco's defense has been so great this year. Well, that's his team, too. That's where he's from. That's his favorite. See, that's but that's why I'm going with the Niners on this. I don't think he has enough on the offensive end. Just because you that's have his, I, That's his favorite I team. See, I don't know. He, his arms got enough, but yeah, I mean, he doesn't have as much help as he's he's had in years past. But uh, and I think that's an issue in this matchup. But uh, I think that he's got the motivation to beat the Niners for sure. I mean, I think he's got the motivation to beat anybody in his path. I, one thing. Well, the Niners are also the team that took Alex Smith when he exactly that's dropped in the yeah. draft. This is the team he grew up idolizing. One thing that I've learned about Aaron this is Rodgers. His home. I mean, it's his home as much as it's the Niners' home. Aaron Rodgers takes things personally. He does. And he doesn't forget. He, he took the 49ers not taking Alex Smith over him personally. And he's been, I think he's been waiting for this game probably his whole life. Yeah. Trust to, me, I want the Packers to win. I do <laughs> not want the Niners to win, but you don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. We'll see. He's got to. Trust me, I was rooting for the Vikings. He's got to push the limit. He's got he's to go after him. He's got to be aggressive. He's got to throw the ball 50 times. 
He's gonna throw the ball. 50 I, times. I can't. I can't have this. Try to get the run game going. That means that they're gonna double up Devonte Adams. That that's what so, you want. With so Aaron Allison Rogers. has to pick it up. That's and, what the Seahawks didn't do. That's what you want. That's if you're Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you if you if you double him, he's gonna torch you. He'll find the open guy, and that's why you got a bunch of freaking Geronimo Allisons and Valdez Scantlings getting stats because. You know he can make he can do he can do damage with anybody out there. Well, I hope that's the throws, case. He throws to the open guy. <laughs> well, they'll, they'll be good. I think the Packers got the dub. So do I. All right, let's let's move on. I guess to the the final piece in the coaching carousel. Yeah, and of course it was going to be this team. The Cleveland Browns hired former Vikings offensive coordinator Kevin Stefanski as their newest head coach. He is the sixth head coach in eight years for the Cleveland Browns. Baker's third coach. Yes, Baker's third coach in three years. Most importantly. And, I mean, Stefanski said in his opening press conference that he has all the faith in the world in Baker, and he thinks he's got all the tools to be uh, a top quarterback. I should hope so. But what I was really shocked about, was not only just the hire of Kevin Stefanski, just because I think it kind of came out of nowhere for yeah. me, but I was shocked to hear that it wasn't going to be Josh McDaniels. Yeah. But apparently, Josh McDaniels wanted a complete overhaul of the organization for him to become the head coach. And I honestly can't blame him for that after being with the Patriots organization yeah. Yeah. and seeing what kind of stability Let is me needed. Shave my roster. Right. Yeah. And the Browns weren't willing to give that to Josh McDaniels, so they went with Kevin Stefanski. I think that that's it's just it's all bad for the Browns. Now I think that Stefanski probably destroyed his interview. He probably killed it. I'm sure he killed that's, it. So that's why they hired him, and that's why we're all kind of taken back. Like, who is this guy? This guy is a lifer. Like, I mean, he got hired by the Vikings in no, 2006. He, I yeah, think. he's been with the Vikings for 14 years. And so this guy's he's 37. So he's a young guy, kind of a prodigy coach. Everybody's looking for the new. You know, the new McVeigh, the new Shanahan, the young kind of like guys that know the new, more modern game. So, like, I kind of get where they're going, but I think that they messed up in the sense that, like, they need a figurehead person to run the organization so everyone can get on the same page. The reason why this organization has struggled so much is the head coach and the quarterback turnover constantly. And so it's like you never can gain any sort of traction or adjust. It's like, all right, listen, we played this year this way. These were our weaknesses. Let's 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 fix our weaknesses and then try it again and see where it's at. They've never they they've had to just scrap everything and start new every single year. And so like hiring a Josh McDaniels, giving him the reins, letting him build the roster, let him build the offense, call the plays, get get everything going. That is a good idea to me for the Browns. Yeah, that's what I would have done. I think that they fucked up because any vision, any vision is a good vision as long as it's just consistent. You just can't keep changing play callers, head coaches, and quarterbacks. I mean, this is tough on Baker. He needs a guy more than one year. Well, and are we also forgetting the fact that Robert Saleh's defense completely destroyed Kevin Stefanski's offense in the Niners-Vikings game? This past weekend or two weekends ago? Yeah, and it's like, well, and it's just... And Saleh interviewed with the Browns. You don't think of the Vikings as like a... That's why I think he must have just crushed his interview because you don't think of the Vikings as like, oh, we got to get this offensive coordinator. Like, no, they're just kind of like... They're a vanilla 
balanced. Look at we all got the a run game. We got a couple good receivers. We got a quarterback. We're balanced, and then we have a great defense. There's nothing like this. There's nothing sexy about it. There's no identity to it. Well, look they, at all the drama like, they had this it's year. It's not like you can be like, you know, the the Vikings are Stefanski. No, it's just like they're just kind of your basic Betty offense. He's just got to be. He's just got to be a. a uh, a brilliant football a prodigy. Mind. Yeah, he's got to be one of those guys that just committed himself to the game, has a vision. He sold them on a vision where he sees the Browns going, and they bought in. Yeah, and we see, the- which is like I don't want to count the guy out just because he got yeah. hired by the Browns, right? So like I'm gonna <laughs> give him his fair shot, but it's like I think that the Browns fucked up, and he's probably not set up for success. Yeah, and I mean, we've we've seen the trend with teams hiring these young coaches and coordinators and i mean it's worked out for the rams it's clearly working out for the niners well it's just like with uh with the browns it's like you need to take a process philadelphia 76ers approach where you just got to pick a coach and stick with them like brett brown coached brett brown could have been fired multiple times brett throughout brown this process won 40 games in three years one time yeah. you know so it's like but they stuck with them so then they they have what they do and then you're able to adjust and develop and get better and be like, all right, we need these players in Brad Brown's system. We need to add yeah, JJ you're developing in a system. We need to add Tobias. We need to add these guys and we need to develop Ben Simmons' game this way. It just gives you a sense of direction. You can't just keep fucking flip flopping every year. <laughs> and that's that's what the Browns are known for, unfortunately. So it's why they'll never get out of the cellar, even though they had the most talented team they've had in 20 years. It's like they were they were terrible. Yeah, they went six and ten because they have no no leadership, no no consistency. Yeah. So overall, we don't like this hire. No, nah, and and but I want to stress, it's not him. It's the Browns. Right. right. Yeah. It's not yeah. because of yeah, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, he, the he, he can be a great coach, and, and in fact, I'm kind of it's it kind of sucks that this is the job he got because. And his contract what, was for three years or something like that. Yeah, I believe so. I hope yeah, he lasts the, the more than one year. Which is like three years is to me the the three to four years as the football coach. Like you need three years. I think the first year you just take you cut fat. Second year you install what you're doing and third year we need to see what your product is it's the same with college coaches you know you get your first freshman class and let's see what they look like when they're seniors you know i think you can do a lot as a football coach in three seasons and that's an appropriate contract well hopefully he has that time and patience with the browns the nfl nfl is a one-year i don't care what the contract says every every coach outside of the billichecks and paytons of the world basically every coach other than a handful are on one-year contracts yeah so all right moving on at around 5 30 last night on twitter there was a video put out by the carolina panthers that sent shockwaves through the the nfl universe luke keekley announced star inside linebacker for the for the carolina panthers the last seven eight years announced that he would be retiring from the nfl he did note in the video that this decision has nothing to do with the Panthers hiring Matt Rule as their head coach. So wanted to put that out there first and foremost. But it has everything to do with them getting rid of Ron Rivera. So. I, it could. <laughs> he didn't it's say kinda, that. Well, it's just like what we but, just said about but, the Browns but, and Stefanski. Uh, you know it's he not, meant that. It's not Rule. It's right. the Panthers. So Keekley finishes his, his, finishes his career with 1,092 total tackles. 
He was the 2012 Defensive Rookie of the Year, the 2013 Defensive Player of the Year, and he was a five-time All-Pro and a seven-time Pro Bowler. In my opinion, I'd argue that him and Patrick Willis are two of the best inside linebackers in the last two decades, and they both retired before their age 30 season. Yeah, so a couple of things here, uh, just off top, you know. Is it shockwaves anymore? I think that... I think Keekley is one of the first guys where to where now I'm not really just shocked. I'm not, yeah, like even with Andrew seemed, Luck, right? It just right? seems appropriate. It just it's not I'm not shocked anymore. This is the way football goes. Football kills. I mean, that's where I stand on the whole the health of the 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 real the real threat to the NFL. You know, is player safety. Right. It's like once people figure out that you die from this stuff, the careers won't last as long. So. I think he's smart. I think part of it was just like, yeah, you know, do I want to go through a rebuild? Because it's like, if I go another three years, I'm 32, and then it's like, hey, yeah, I, could, had- I could call it quits now. Be be good. I ran, I ran with the same coach my whole career, same quarterback my whole career, basically the same franchise. I mean, they changed ownerships during his tenure, but yeah. um, he's going to go down as 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 one of the goats for sure. So what's what's interesting is is it was like a three and a half minute long video and I took I took an interesting quote out of it and it's quote there's only one way to play this game since I was a little kid play fast play physical and play strong and at this point I don't know if I'm able to do that anymore and that's the part that is the most difficult is I still want to play but I don't think it's the right decision yeah he never mentioned in the video outright that he's retiring because of yeah. head trauma or concussions but it is worth noting that it's your body though it's yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a hard game and it it takes a lot out of you yeah one, what, one just year because you love the game doesn't mean it's like fuck i don't know if i can do four or five practices for every game yeah one year speeds your body up ahead you know essentially five years with all the hits you know yeah, Keekley missed seven games in his career due to concussions, six games of which were the last six games of the 2016 season. So, I mean, you really it, it you really do perfect, have to wonder if concussions it was, are it was a part a per- of it. No, nah, it was a perfect storm. I mean, he's had concussions. He knows how his body feels every morning. You know, he knows he loves the game, but it's like Ron Revere is gone. Cam Newton's about to be gone. This is not the team that he played for. It's like we had a good run. Let's just call it quits while we're ahead. It was all good. Yeah, he, everything was good. His career was great. How much do you think Marshawn's "Take care of your chickens and your mental" speech after the Seahawks Packers game? I don't think. I think his decision was made before. Like he was obviously struggle. I think he probably struggled this year going to practice. I'm sure he not, did. Not being on a great team, you got to go to practice every day and and fight, and you got to go to these games and fight. And it's fun and it's great and you love it, but at the same time, it is tough. Yeah, I mean, you wake up, you hurt every day. So yeah, um, you gotta you gotta stretch for an hour just to get loose to practice for two, three hours. Um, I think he's been thinking about it. Now, Marshawn's knowledge was great. Oh, that that everyone, clip was. Everyone should take yeah. take it um, and and think about it for sure. But uh, but yeah, I think I think Keekley is the man. And and one thing about the whole like it not i'm not really numb to it anymore is i heard max kellerman brought up a good point and he said that we need to reevaluate the way or we need to change the way we evaluate football players careers because it's not about we we tend to like generally judge people on how good were you for how long right like t-mac isn't as good as d-wade but really 
they're probably but, they're probably pretty even. But really, is T Mac as good as D Wade? Yeah, yeah, one just didn't yeah, play as is. long. Yeah, well, and one didn't have the sustained success. Like, was Grant Hill at his prime better than Scottie Pippen? Like, if you take a one year slab, you know, that's kind of the angle he's taking with these football players, where it's yeah. like, are Patrick Willis and and Luke Keekley any less than you know Brian Zach, Zach, Zach Thomas? Or Brian Urlacher, or Ray Lewis, you know, are they really that much less because they called it quits? Is Calvin Johnson any less of a Randy Moss than Randy Moss? Right. You know, it's like the, we should be judging it on the prime, and I don't think football is a long tenured sport, and it shouldn't be. No, the average career in the NFL, I think, is like two and a half, three years. I don't think it's even that. I think it's like eighteen months. Uh, like I want to say, it's less than two years. The average career of an NFL player. Average NFL career is about 3.3 years. Yeah, see, and that's got to have some sort of weird stipulation to it. Because, like, so many people get cut. So many people don't even make a year. Well, okay. They, have a, they have a breakdown by position. Kickers average 4.87 years. Quarterbacks 4.4. League average is 3.3. Yeah, and that makes sense. So it's like quarterbacks and kickers, obviously you're going to give them a longer leash. Cornerbacks 2.94. Wide receivers 2.8. Running, running backs, backs. 2.57. Yeah, so. Yeah, the quarterbacks, because they don't get hit as much. Neither do the kickers. Well, it's like, plus, like, damn near most, like, a professional level of football is basically as a junior and senior in high school. So it's like a junior, a senior, a college football player, that's damn near a professional part of your professional career. So it's not the same on your body as, like, football and basketball. So do you think Luke Keekley ends up with a gold jacket that, that's years down the road. That's Max Kellerman has a point, is I think yeah. he should have a gold jacket. 100% agree. I, I think don't, he will. I, don't, uh, like, I think that he will because of with the numbness you know, that we talked about. It's not just it's not just Gale Sayers and Barry Sanders now. It's like there's a fucking list of guys. Gronk, Andrew Luck. Calvin. Calvin Johnson. Patrick Luke Willis. Keighley, Patrick Willis. Yeah. yeah. These. And, then, and then now there's also a slew of role players that have retired. You know, it's like for the 49ers had um, Navarro Bowman retired early. They yeah. had the other kid that retired after one year. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I forget it. his name. I forget his name. But it's like it's it's a trend. It's it's going to keep it's going to keep getting more and more so, too. Yeah. I mean, for for a while, especially when the all of the concussion talk was at at its height, I was saying that we're not going to have football or the nfl in the next 25 to 30 years yeah and like there's always going to be the alpha males out there with athletics you know there's just going to be guys that are bred to like want to do it for 15 20 years so you'll always have those iron men of sports but it's changing for sure yeah very much so and i think that these physical frontline line of scrimmage positions you're definitely about to start seeing more six to nine year careers than and i, I 15. mean listen smart yeah, these players are getting smarter and getting more educated yeah, on think, the effects. I think Arian Foster walked away pretty early because of injuries. Yeah, yeah he know, did. Priest Holmes walked away early because of basically one hit from yeah. Sean Marion. You know, Merriman. It's yeah. yeah, I don't think it's shocking anymore. It's not. Yeah, it's just like oh yeah, he retired. That's, that makes sense. He's been in the league seven years. He's dominated. It's like a lot of people were shocked. Like even for example, the Andrew Luck news. But then there was also people who were like, 
this is not really news to me, you know? I'm not as shocked as I would have been, you know, 10 years down the line. It was the timing of the year. It was just being in preseason. Like, typically yeah. you do it in week, offseason. Week three of the preseason. Yeah, it's like, a, that's typically a preseason move. That was the, the the weird part about Andrew Luck to me was the timing of the year. It wasn't that he walked away. It wasn't away. that he walked away, yeah. All right. Uh, that That's all I got on the pigskin, as they say. So let's transition to some hoops talk. Now... CJ McCollum on his own podcast, The Pull-Up Pod, which I listen to every week. It's a great show. If you if you don't listen to it already, you should definitely go check it out. Uh, he suggested that he's been talking to some teammates about this, and he's saying there should be a one-on-one tournament for money as one of the events during NBA All-Star Weekend. And he also said that his teammate, Damian Lillard, added the little caveat that players should be able to call out whomever they want in this one-on-one tournament. I personally think this is a great idea. I think it would bring a lot of excitement to All-Star Weekend, as many have complained over the years that the weekend's events are getting boring, and even the All-Star oh, game... Oh, they are. Even the All-Star game itself has not been all that fun to watch. Best All-Star game in sports. I, I mean, I... Th- Still love the All Star game. The NBA it's has the easiest it's just, to get good basketball without trying because yeah. basketball can be entertaining even when no one's played defense. Right, but it is. It has been a bit stale in like the last five to six years. The dunk contest to me is the only thing that's really like hurting. It kind of goes through ups and downs. Well, because like. you've had so many dunk contests, like you yeah, now it's just over props and yeah. jumping over people. So it's just that's getting when things they involved. Lost it, you know, is when the the prop era was like. Now, now it's a little bit too much. I mean, they took the fucker away for a while. Yeah, <laughs> you know they took the dunk contest out for a while. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of potential with this idea. I like chewed on this one a lot. Yeah, I love this idea. I think it comes down to a Michael Scott quote. <laughs> Perfect, I love it. Where it's like it might be a better screenplay idea than an actual logical idea. Right. My I only- don't know how the logic works out. Like. I don't know, you know, if the NBA sanctions it, it's like, do they want, they got to know that this is like, you're asking for fights. Well, and my only concern. The the whole, like, calling people out, that's really cool. And the king of the court idea at All-Star Weekend would be dope. Yeah, because, I mean, it happens. It would result result in fights, though. I think some guys would. I think think some guys would. See, that's why you don't make it for money, though. You make it for something else. No, No, you have to make it for money to make it enticing. No, I don't even think you do. I don't even think money has to be. I think it's like clout. I mean, what what if Damon Lillard challenged Marvin Bagley? Well, that's. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you would have to really narrow it down on what position can go with position. Now we're really talking about, like, this has taken it to a whole nother level. This is like rap beef. Like, one-on-one basketball is like rap beef you know it's like the the it's like a beef song yeah it's like dude if you lose there's no there's nothing you can say there's nothing you can everyone watched you do it too now why i wanted to pivot off that was like what would be dope is if something like the big three got a hold of it and it was more sold of like a like a celebrity death match uh (laughs) boxing thing where it was like marvin bagley and Damian Lillard are going to play a one-on-one game by ones to 21, and we're going to sell this as, like, a fucking event. And there's going to be a card, and there's going to be these 12 one-on-one matchups, you know? Or you could do a tournament style. It it doesn't matter. But that's why, I mean, there's a lot to chew on with, like, this one-on-one talk and kind of, like, profiting or branding or 
pushing it as a you know an event at the All Star Game, but right go a lot of different ways i don't know like you have to get people trying too which i think you would get the effort with the right matchups but like i don't want to see like lebron and kd like laughing while they're guarding each other and like shooting fadeaway jumpers and just like you know what i mean you want you want it it has to be done right that's why i don't know if it's a better be competitive enough where it's entertaining but not super competitive where there's like fights every that's single like, match how do you get that yeah that's, i mean how do you find that that's why it's like it's almost better as a screenplay that's why the like, all-star game the actual all-star game has gotten stale because it used to be super competitive and now it's just like oh we're gonna let people score i don't know if it was ever super competitive though no, it, like, it used to be competitive like the where they cared about people winning or losing it was always just like show off and then the last half of the fourth quarter will notch it up and try to like win the game. Right. Now, but, okay. but compared to recent years, it's just been sloppy defense. Going back to the one-on-one stuff though. Like you said, Damian Lillard calling out Marvin Bagley. That's my only concern is bigs and guards calling each other out because it's That's n- fine. You know, Joel and B for sure talk a lot of shit about ha- people. Then we can settle some beefs that way too. You know what I'm saying? Like if Damian Lillard goes out there and and rips him up. Well, I mean, I think Damian Lillard would rip him up in a exactly, one-on-one game. Exactly. So it's just <laughs> like, you know, there's no excuses. Another thing another thing that CJ brought up. You could also get funny ones. You know what I mean? The, you yeah. could also get, like, a mentor. You know, you could get Chris Paul challenging Shy Gillis Alexander. Yeah, 100%. Or, or you know, you could get, uh, you could get, like, Taco Fall challenging fucking... Kemba. Uh, Kemba. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? You could get some... There's so many... There's so many ways to get entertainment value out of like a one-on-one matchup because it's like a celebrity boxing match almost or or a- and that's and that's kind of like what CJ brought up was he was saying that he thinks a lot of players that would normally go on vacation for All-Star weekend if they're not participating in any events or they didn't make the game or anything he thinks that a lot of players would just fly in for the night come do this one-on-one tournament and then go on vacation after that because they want to be able to call out these guys that they want to call out and play in this tournament. Dude, and you could also do it just like fighting. I mean, you could do it to where it's like weight classes or height classes. Yeah, I think I think, I think the easiest I mean? would be uh, height classes. Uh, you yeah. know, like you could do – there's so there's so many different – I really did – like I think that there's so many different ways you can like use this idea. For sure. But I just don't know what's the best one. You know, if I really had the power, if I was Adam Silver and I could really make it happen, you know, I would have to hear every option, like, to, you know, fully extended to really try to pick one because there's so many different ways you could do it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the weight classes would work, though. Like, would you would you let Damian Lillard and Marvin Williams or Marvin Bagley play no. one-on-one on well, live TV? Well, essentially, you could do Why this. Why not? If, if you made it by weight classes, let's say you do, like, 6-4 and down, and then you high went 6—yeah, yeah, high classes, and then, like, 6-6 six, six to, like, 6-9, and then, like, 6-10 to up. Yeah. Now, if you did it in threes, and then if, let's say, the 7-footer and the point guard made it to the final round, if they do it in rounds— then they could potentially play each other. But let's say if let's say if we're going off this premise, yeah. the the height classes, that six ten category, you get Giannis, Joel Embiid, Durant. Kevin Durant. But that's why it's good. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It's so, why so you put fun. them in there, and it's unfortunately you fall in the in the height class, right? Yeah. But what it, like Embiid's just gonna back KD down? 
and KD is just going to stretch him out. That's just how it goes. And it's so like then it I would think, be interesting either and way. I think that KD would absolutely destroy so Joel Embiid in a one-on-one game. And then it's like you, you know, just like chewing off of that. Like you could go so deep with it. You could start having rankings. You could have a pound per pound for pound best one-on-one player in the world, and then you got the 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 class rankings. You know what I mean? And then it's just like pound for pound. You know, Kemba Walker is the best one-on-one player, or Kyrie Irving is the best one-on-one player that walks the earth. I just am so interested from this concept to see who would call who out. Yeah, I mean, I just think that there's a, you know, if you could if you could do it to where it's like motherfuckers want to embarrass the other person. <laughs> you know, I like, think that's the if, point, though. What if LeBron was just like, all right, I challenge Pat Bev because I want to shut this motherfucker up. Or what if know? he calls like, out Kawhi? It, well, that would be like the. I don't think Kawhi like, would say yes to like, it. That would be like oh, Kawhi better say yes to that'd it. That'd be like a but, pay, but no, that'd be kind a pay per view event. You know what I mean? Like if you had a if you had a pay per view event for one on one basketball and your headline was LeBron and Kawhi, how many oh, pay per views are you selling on a one game to twenty one by ones? You know, or however you want to set it up. If you want to do it to thirty with ones and twos, or, or twos and threes, or however you want to do it to where it's a good extended time. You know, a 30, 40 minute basketball game. Yeah. But it's like that would sell a shitload of tickets. And then you'd be able to you'd have all these under 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 fights, you know, these under these under matches. You yeah, know? and then I mean what what's crazy about you have, you know, Luca and Trey. It's like you got all these weird connections in the NBA. You I'd rather college. see guards play you could have, though. You could have Zion honest. and RJ. You could have you know, it's like you have all these different ways. You could have Duke and North Carolina players matched up, like there's endless and another endless, endless options. Another thing that Damian Lillard brought up, which I know I probably know for a fact will would not be allowed, but Damian wants to be able to have like side bets with people watching it. Like the players all like have side bets no, with each well, other on who they think is going to win. Too far well, there, that's only yeah. a step away though. Like if you get the one on one there, the gambling's already coming to the stadiums. Like right. that's that's already like Adam well, Silver's no. already moving that way. He's you saying, know what I'm saying? saying? So it's like if if you if you green light one on one, then it's like who cares if they're side betting? Well, he's saying you know, having he, pools. He's saying the players themselves being the ones that bet because yeah, yeah, players no, aren't I, allowed to gamble technically. No, no, I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like uh, an NBA player betting on you know, like if CJ McCollum bet on D Lillard to beat Marvin, right? Exactly. You know, like. Yeah, there's some there's some like, issues there. Like CJ went up to Buddy Hill and was there's like, some, "Hey, I'll bet you five some, G's right now." Yeah, there's some issues there. I mean, it's just like because you could end ultimately just like make a bunch of money off a loss. Yeah, you, I know, think, you could see, get I everybody think, to vote for one guy, lose the game, and get a cut of the winnings because you lost it on purpose. Like that would ruin it. I don't think gambling will be a part of it. It was just something that Damian brought up to, yeah, to add a little fun because it's for like the players. To because it's the street a, ball aspect yeah, it's to it. Street ball, yeah. yeah, he wants it to but be. But there's at only Rucker so much Park. you can do with that. That would be more of like the big three version of a one-on-one king of the court, you know, type of thing. Like if Ice Cube did like a one-on-one like version of the big three, where in the off season he had these one-on-one matchups, and you sold it, and it's like then you could sneak that stuff in there because these guys are done with their professional careers. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, I think the one-on-one King of the Hill tournament is a great idea for NBA All-Star Weekend. Yeah, and King of the Court is way different than, like, an elimination, a single elimination tournament or a yeah. a fight card where you just have 12 one-on-one matchups and there's no, like, progression. Yeah, because the winner stays on. Um, but it, it's just, that's why it's, like, it's cool. It's a cool idea. You could go a lot of different ways. All right. So, so who would who would be pound-for-pound pound best one-on-one player? 
in the NBA? Like, who do you think if you put, you know, if you took the top 64 players and you did a single elimination tournament to the top, who's the last man standing? I got to imagine. Healthy. Everyone's healthy. I got to imagine it's KD. Yeah, me too. I would pick KD. Him, because, him, him or Harden. Because, I mean, we've seen, we've seen those videos of this type of drill tournament, yeah, yeah, whatever you yeah, want to call yeah, it. They from have them in, like, USA practice all it's the time. Like, they do it in all, all, yeah, in all basketball practices. Yeah, I was doing it in is, high school. His length is too much of a problem. Yeah, that's exactly where I yeah. think he would end up being the last man standing. Yeah, I think, like, Braun and Ant and Kawhi. And that, that, that body is what wins you know six and like, eight and like the guards 11. like lillard and Kyrie, they're fu- they're good but they don't have the height advantage that yeah, kd they has. would just be like you know those big guys would be able to give them back up and right. be able to defend a jumper and a drive you exactly know, just be tough but you never know don't underestimate the little guy because odds are it would be steph or james or it, it would be damian yeah. lillard to win this whole tournament yeah it would be one of those guys all right moving on because we've talked about it a lot, and there's been a lot of question marks surrounding this topic. But the New Orleans Pelicans have announced today that they are targeting January 22nd against the Spurs for Zion Williamson's return. I know I've said personally that if he wasn't going to return by Christmas, they should just sit him the rest of the year, but clearly New Orleans has other plans. Do you think he has enough time if he returns on January 22nd to take Rookie of the Year away from Ja Morant because Ja is running away with it right now, especially after what he did last night to the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I don't think he does. First of all, yeah, I don't think he has enough of that in in the short span of time. And second of all, it's kind of a stupid move on the Pelicans. We talked about that a couple times, about if he wasn't, yeah, back by Christmas, you should probably sit him. Uh, If they play him now, I would honestly put a minute's restriction on it. So I don't know what they're doing here. No, I mean, I've been on the opposite side of the fence. I've felt like they've needed to get him on the court this year. Like, when we talked about it in the preseason when he went down, I was like, I think that they need to take advantage of the hype train. And I absolutely think that he has enough time to win Rookie (laughs) of the Year because I think that Zion is a special, special kind of just, like, phenomenon as far as, like, people go. And it's like Rookie of the Year is a voting thing by people. And, and and so if there's a human element to it. It's not straight up who had the best season, like like picked by some basketball god. No, it's 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 voted on by the media basically yeah. and executives. And so you know, I think Zion steals people's hearts, and people love watching that fucker play. And it's like if he comes out and plays anything close to like what we think he can play, like he'll win it. Listen, he'll win it because he'll because people will just. People will make excuses for him to win it. They'll be like, I don't care if you missed all this time. The sample size that we saw, it's 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 special and it's like it's different and it's a phenomenon. And it's kind of just like the, it's trendy. So inter- interestingly enough, I'm looking at the standings right now. I don't now. think it's necessarily deservingly so. I just think that that's kind of the fact of the matter with Zion is we you got to get him on the court and not, not lose this time. Like you can't have another offseason with all this like – build of i mean we've been waiting on this guy since sophomore year of high school yeah i just think you got to get well, him on the court. earlier people i mean including myself they said that the pelicans could sneak into the playoffs but as of right now i don't think that's going to happen well, I'm look- even I'm- with him coming back i'm looking at the standings right now the pelicans are second to last in the western conference at 15 and 26 mm, but we happen. know how the west is it's tight all the way down and they're only four games out of eighth yep. where memphis is currently sitting at 19 and 22 
and Memphis and OKC can both and, and Phoenix and Sacramento and Minnesota, all these teams have those characteristics of just like they could blow at any time. They could blow at any time or they could go on a run. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. And it's just like I bet, you know, if history tells me one thing, I'm not gonna bet on I'm not gonna bet on Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, and those guys leading a playoff run. They just they don't. They do the opposite. They lose at the back half of the year. Yeah. Um the Pelicans, I mean, I, I you know, like they're obviously kind of my my under the radar, one of my under like most favorite teams coming into the season because I just love their roster. They were supposed to be so much fun to watch, and then uh, Zion got hurt. They're not though. But Zion got hurt, and it changed the dynamic of everything. And then now, you know, Lonzo is playing good. He's playing great right now. Z- uh, Brandon Ingram's had a great year. Finally, took that step that everybody was waiting for in LA. And you got Zion coming, so you, you can't count them out. But it's definitely a, it's definitely an unlikely road ahead. They need a lot of people ahead of them to to fuck it up, as much as they need to like keep it rolling. Yeah, I mean personally, I don't seven and three in their last ten though. Yeah, no, they've been they've been doing what they need to do. But per- personally, I don't think it's enough time for Zion to win it. But I mean, like you said, Tyler, it is somewhat of a popularity contest and. Okay, people, so Zion, Zion, oh yeah, he would have, but he would have to go on a tear though, as which well. he could easily do. He he could, but as of could. right now, as as it sits, it's Jaws in the playoffs. John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies are that eighth seed. Pelicans are the fourteen seed. If Zion comes back and they make a playoff push, and Memphis doesn't, yeah, it's like it's hard know, not to give it, it to him. You you remember the recent. You know, so it's just like, yeah, it's what have you done for me now? It's not necessarily what Jaw's doing. It's going to be about what Zion's doing. Yeah. All right. Well, I just had to bring that up because we've talked about it so much and all the question marks surrounding if he's going to play or not. So yeah. I hope he does well, but I also hope that the Pelicans put him on a minutes restriction, though. He's got to he's got to lose weight too. It's just that, that, see, it's the, just like, see the injury, the, thing, the injury coming out of college and the weight that is very concerning. He's still though. twenty though, so we're still. We're still good. We can still. I don't take even think risks. he's twenty yet. Yeah, we can still take yeah, no, risks. He's, he's still nineteen, so you could still play play around with it. And I think it's more important to get him on the court and get this hype thing behind him and start like just get your career going. I mean, we've been waiting on this for so long. It just needs to start. I just for the clarification, I looked up exactly how old zion is and he's 19 years old but just seeing his birthday is so weird to me because he was born in the year 2000 just seeing that is crazy Mm. so all right moving on some big news out of the wnba with uh their collective bargaining agreement being announced they have made some major major changes to how players will be compensated uh, players' health and well-beings, the the overall player experience, and also maternity benefits because it's women yeah. and all of that. So I kind of wanted to quickly go through some of the stuff that has been improved and updated. So, for instance, in the player experience category, all players will now have individual hotel rooms. They'll have mandatory extra legroom on flights, and teams will have more flexibility to order charter jets when necessary for team flights. And then also players will be given off-season job opportunities with league partners as an alternative option to going overseas to play. 
Yeah, because that was their only option before. Yeah, they, they weren't making enough money to live playing in the WNBA. A lot of players would have to go to China, Russia, well, Europe. Well, yeah, Brennan Stewart says, why am I playing in America? People ask me, why are you playing in Russia? She's like, why am I playing in the WNBA? Yeah, because they're getting a lot more money make, to go play she, overseas. So Brennan Stewart is making the year that she won finals MVP, MVP, rookie, I think rookie of the year, and yep. the fi WNBA finals. She won all that. She won the finals, won the finals MVP, regular season MVP, and I'm pretty sure it was a rookie year. Yeah. Might have been her second year. I don't know. But that year she made like 60 grand or some something. And she went and made over a mill in Russia. And then she made 900K in Russia. Yeah. And she was just like, why am I playing in the WNBA? And so, I mean, I think this is ultimately all good because the, there's a, I'm pretty sure there's, like the NBA helps out the WNBA. Like it's not well. The, the, the NBA kind of runs the WNBA. Yeah, the they w have a commissioner, but like the WNBA is like the WNBA is like budget isn't based on their revenue. No, like I think that like because if they if it was just based on their revenue, this would make them go broke. I think I don't think they would exist. I don't think that they would be able to generate. This is like the NBA trying to push like a global you know sport and give them the fair opportunity. So I think it's. <clears throat> It's all good. Like they, you know, they should get paid. Like pro athletes get paid, um, right? So for for player salary and, and it's like that kind of shit is, is. You're right. It's like it's crazy to think that they didn't have their own hotel rooms. Yeah, they that, that was mind boggling. Yeah, to me, that's crazy. So they, they would obviously have to yeah. share then. Yeah, like college. But that's what Jeez. they've been screaming at the top of their lungs for years about. Is, yeah, you know, this is the kind of shit they've been dealing with, and it's like if you want these girls to play in America, you need to like accommodate them and and yeah and pay them well so they don't leave and then also you know help them out in the job field get them into coaching men's or women's get them into you know broadcasting get them into you know play like skill development whatever they can do you know to keep them around and and financially secure them yeah so uh some other stuff that was updated like for instance in the player salary and compensation category there's going to be a 30% increase to the salary cap next season, and the salary cap for the WNBA next year will be $1.3 million. The max salary for a player will go up from $117,500 to $215,000, and additional compensation for select top players would be up to $300,000. So some of the top players in the WNBA could make up to about $500,000 per season, and this is the first time ever the average player compensation will be six figures or above. And then also in maternity benefits, players will receive full salary while on maternity leave, which I thought. Which that's probably the, the biggest uh, component of that agreement. Yeah, because it just shows that you're supporting your athletes and they're not just like they're people. And you're kind of like supporting the person and the brand that is that person. And you know, you're, yeah, not because just, a lot you're not just using and abusing them. It's not, you're not just using it for product. It's not college football. It's, you know what I mean? It's not like you, you get injured. You're not playing for us. You're not valued. It's like, it show it shows their value. I mean, it's, it's cool. Yeah. And like a lot of these players beforehand would have to postpone their family planning and stuff till after their, after their uh, career even, or yeah. even just after the season. Yeah, it's just like the WNBA is tough because it's like the most competitive girls basketball in the world is the NCAA Division One, and then for the most part, most of the best players in the world are playing overseas. Yeah, it's like some of the best players in the world don't even play in the WNBA. Most of the WNBA players are playing on two, three seasons, 
So it's like, you know, this could, this could kind of change the narrative and get the good players from Europe and Russia and Africa and, and Asia to come to America to play rather than, you know, vice versa. Yeah, I just, I think it was... Which in turn will make the game more valuable. They'll get paid more because, the game sure. will be, you know, to just kind of compound on itself. For sure. I just, I thought it was important to to bring up on the show because I thought plus girls don't leave college early because there's no there's, there's no incentive to. there's no incentive to and now yeah, there's not now, one and done they're now, usually there three or four years they're all four years yeah I mean Brennan Stewart won four national titles at UConn yeah how many UConn girls won four national titles like why do you need to stay and win three national player of the years and four national titles like you already after your sophomore year you already dominated college basketball it's like leave and go get paid yeah I just I felt it was important to bring up on the show just because I thought like some of these things were already provided and they weren't. So I thought it was important I to bring it light. Just because I knew, you know, they were always complaining, but you never really know what that means. Yeah. Cause right. nine out of 10 people that you ask about their season, they have no idea when it, when it happens. I'm pretty sure it happens in the summer when and, and all it, the, and it does. The all spring. The, yeah. Yep. It's like a and spring. It's, and it's, it's not very, it's not very long either. No. And that's so, and they, there's only, that, there's only 12 teams in the league. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's twelve. Is it twelve still? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah, always been even small. their playoff structuring is significantly smaller. Yeah, I'm pretty, nah, I'm and pretty it sure, sure everyone and, makes the playoffs. And, it, and it's a smart way to do it because you keep the talent level high. Like you have a good amount of stars on every team. Yeah, so it's a smart way to develop the league. Now it'll it'll eventually grow, but the schedule was originally done so they didn't have to compete with the NBA. Yeah, and these girls can go play winter ball which is, in general, basketball season in the world right? overseas into the, you know, the Premier Leagues. And to actually make some money. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to the last topic of the show. And I know we don't talk a lot of baseball here on the TSK show, but... This is more sports in general, though. Yeah, this is... This has sent... There's ramifications for the entire sports world. This is big this. time. This is a big time. Yeah, this can the, happen in any of the big leagues. Well, this is just big time in sports history in general. I think yeah. that the um the organizations, the MLB, the people involved, it's it's all pretty big time. It's a very, very big black eye on baseball in the MLB. Or so, it's not though. I mean I mean, we're gonna talk about it obviously, but the way the Astros handled them handled themselves, that's how you build like class organization. I mean, they fired the dudes. Okay, so you know what I mean? let's let's get into it. the The results from the MLB's investigation after former Astros pitcher Mike Fears publicly alleged back in November that the Astros were electronically stealing signs during their 2017 run to winning the World Series found that the Astros were indeed guilty of this. So their punishment went as follows: a five million dollar fine to the organization which is the maximum allowed under the Major League Constitution. The Astros forfeit first and second round picks in the 2020 and 2021 drafts. Which means nothing. No, that's big in baseball. Well, because those are the only rounds that matter. Basically. But it doesn't in the sense that, like, you have... There's, um, like, 47 rounds in in, in an MLB draft. See, I'm with Tyler on that. I don't think it matters that much. Okay, so hold hold on. Let me me keep going. The the GM, Jeff Lanau, suspended one year... Manager A.J. Hinch suspended one year. Astros owner Jim Crane later fired both Lanau and Hinch after the punishment was announced. No individual players were punished, which I think is absolutely preposterous since the players were the oh, ones yeah. who benefited most. And they from knew. This. Nah, there's they, no, nah, they, man. They, they you got to go back to the Karate Kid, dude. 
There's no bad students, only bad teachers. No, 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 well, no, no, no. But they knew. I mean, though. when people, Come on. when people, it's just, it's like blaming the ball boy for the Patriots to flake gate. Well, he, yeah, he, he that, knew too. Nah, no, man, yeah. you work for the fucking Patriots, and they're telling, like, they're telling you to do certain shit. It's just like your job. Yeah, they're you probably I mean? blackmailing him. Okay, like, okay, okay. I think that the I think that the Astros are big time for firing those dudes yes. instead of taking the suspension. They're taking all. But of they the, did that to cover their own ass, though. Yeah, exactly. Well, they did, they what, didn't do well, that because hey, we we you know we they accepted. did it to save face. Oh yes, but that's what you yep. have to do. What else? What's your other option? Not firing them and not saving face. Okay, but listen, back to the players. A lot of people from inside baseball and reporters that have been on ESPN and the MLB network and all of this stuff talking about this the last two days said that the players association would have fought and fought against any punishment towards any player. And this could have dragged on for years. Yeah. And that's what, that's probably why the MLB didn't punish any players. Yeah. Cause they shouldn't, I just don't think that they should be punished. They're being told what to do. They're trying to win world series games. The the people above them yeah, are the you ones have, calling. You have integrity as a player, though. Come on, you don't think uh, Jose Altuve would have said something like he won the MVP that I year think, because I of me? I think you don't I think, think he should have said something. I, I I don't. I mean, if, if you're if your coach I, is telling I, I just, you to cheat and you're and your coach is telling you this is how we're gonna cheat, this is how we're gonna win. That's not you're your not job. gonna say anything. No, it's not your job. Don't you want to win fairly at least if you're one of these players? Mm. And nah, I mean, I, I don't. It's the same. It's the same concept of steroids. It's just like, why do motherfuckers do steroids? Like, that's a moral thing, too. It's because there's millions of dollars on the well, line. But that's you, just one person you, involved, you, though. Altuve, that's just you. Altuve getting paid. Like, you win a World Series, you're getting paid. You're becoming, like, part of history. You're taking those risks because, like, that's what you're in the moment. Like, you're... That's that's the way it goes. I mean, you're going to take you're gonna take calculated risks for the reward. So... The reward is big time. Yeah, you, no, you blame the management first, but the players still have some affiliation with it though. I don't think the players have At any point, responsibility on themselves to like tell on the organization. I just don't think that that's like that's that's just nothing I'm ever like ever going to hear about, I don't think. Yeah. Well, another aspect of this was the Astros get to keep their World Series that they stole from oh, the Dodgers people are in 2017. About that. Yeah, I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. I but see, I don't think that the I don't think you should have just give the Dodgers. Of... I don't think that you should give the Dodger. I think it should be just. I'm like, not. I'm not no, saying no, 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 give no, no, it to college. The I think yeah. it should be taken away. It just gets 100. But I don't think it, it doesn't go to the other team because the no, other team. No, 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 I'm not. Winning. I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. give it to the Dodgers. I mean, we the, knew though. We knew. Like, didn't we know in that World Series that you Darvish was getting picked off? We just couldn't prove it yet. Well, he, and then that's why he, he's whole, still at fault. That's why this whole no. But they they found like a hitch with this computer software. That was telling his pitches, and they found it in the preseason, like before that season had started, I think. And then they play him in the playoffs, and they're just teeing off on him. I mean, didn't he get pulled in the second inning of that one World Series game? Yeah. So it's like they had computer, and it was computer like generated. Like, well, no, they had a, right? no, they had a camera. Yeah, going t directly to the catcher to know what the signs were. They had a video monitor in their home dugout or a little bit further away so you couldn't really see it on TV. And they had a whole setup to where the players could go walk down the steps, go look and see. Yeah, I think that they, was the Dodgers as a whole, but didn't they, like, you, Darvish, specifically, they found, like, well, a tell? Yeah, they found a tell, but uh, you, through, you could— Through video, but through video, like, he surveillance. He still choked basically. in Game 7. But you, Darvish, wasn't, isn't the only player whose legacy has no, no, been affected that, by this. No, and I, I know. That's why I think that, like, as a whole, that's what they were doing. But I think specifically just you, Darvish, 
scenario. I think that they found a they found a tell through all this information. Well, and and like and that's alone, not the, that's not the only thing. There. No, I know it's the whole team. I'm just saying, like part of it was they found like a tell with this guy and they started teeing off on him in the World Series. Well, I don't even think they needed the video monitor or anything to to find his tell, but it's it's more just but the video else of didn't the catcher find it that year. You know what I mean? Like they exactly. Obviously, they obviously did something that no one else was doing, and I think it's tor- towards that. Either way, I just think that the Astros made the right move by firing their GM and coach when they didn't have to. Like that, yeah, they, you talk, they you were going to have to eventually. You talk about like doing the right thing. Like that is the right thing. Like well, if, if you're an owner, you have to fire those guys. To think, to, just to kind of give it a comparison to year-long suspensions for coaches and GMs. Sean Payton and the Saints GM both got suspended for a year for Bounty Gate, but the Saints stuck with them. Yeah. No, exactly. And it, but I, but it's like I think that the I think See, that, I think this move they did it just to cover their ass. Yeah, which is what you should do. I mean, you should cover your ass. You should do the you stand-up wouldn't wanna, thing. You, yeah, you wouldn't want to stick like by say, your coaches so, though. So you think that this not firing Sean Payton was like the smart move because it was what because that wasn't the right thing to do. No. You know what I mean? If like that's what you're going with, like that's not the right and 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 he went on and won them a lot of football games. To me, at the end of the day, like what was their other option? You know what I mean? Like you can't get mad at them for firing him. That was what they were supposed to do. They their hands were tied at that point. Like right, you have to fire him. It's yeah. not it's not about like saving face or not. It's just like that's yeah, it does save their face, but that's what you have to do if you're a professional organization. I just think at the end of the day the punishment did not fit the crime. I think it's absolute bullshit that the Astros get to keep their World Series title after being blatantly caught cheating to attain it. And I'm not saying that they should give the 2017 World Series to the Dodgers. I think it should just, in the record book, say vacated by Astros with an asterisk. Yeah, just like it does in the 2005 National College Football Championship with USC. Exactly. And and so it's like, uh, and and Michigan's, Michigan's Fab Five, you know, I think that they should vacate the record. You're right. I mean, the the punishment didn't fit the crime in that sense, and they should have took, you know, they should go and take the rings away. Take the rings, take all their bonuses. Yeah. All, I, all you of know, that. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's like they, they should definitely take the, the championship away, um, w- which would be an unprecedented move in pro sports. Now. It's never been done. I would love pro- to see that. Now, the Red Sox, who won the World Series in 2018 against the Dodgers, are also under investigation because Alex Cora, the now former manager of the Red Sox, after he and the team parted ways last night after the findings in the Astros investigation, basically pointed the finger at Cora as the mastermind behind this whole sign-stealing scheme. Cora was the bench coach for the Astros in 2017, and the claims against the Red Sox are basically that he brought this electronic system to steal signs to Boston with him from Houston. Yeah. So Cora is still awaiting punishment from the league as the investigation into the Red Sox is still ongoing. Boston, and I think Boston did the right move. Hundred percent. Like, no, got, well, see, they they, got, they parted you, ways. They were going to fire him. Yeah, I think yeah. what happened. I think what happened but that, was. But that's is, what you have to do. They're, they're just like, you know what, dude? Like, we can't we can't have you be in our organization. Like, he may not have been. I don't. You know, I don't know if they were sign stealing or not. You know, I don't know if Boston's sign stole or not. But it's like they brought in the dude that was doing it looks bad. You got to get rid of him. Well, and then and maybe he did nothing wrong to them. So they said, you know, we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. We'll part ways. The but only like, 
you guys know. I mean, he for sure was like fired in a respectable way. Yeah, and the only player mentioned in the whole like investigation was Carlos Beltran, who is who is now the manager of the Mets. <laughs> and we don't know what's going to happen with him in the Mets because yeah. no players from that team were punished. I mean, it's one of those things where you probably should wipe your hands clean of anyone that was ever involved. Yeah, but I mean, people, it's still under investigation, though. Yeah, and people people are comparing what the Astros did to what Pete Rose did. I think what Pete Rose did is nothing compared to this. Oh, I think that's no. a, I think that's a parking ticket. Nah, yeah. Pete, Ro- Pete Rose is cool in my mind. I don't I don't think Pete Rose. <laughs> the fact that Pete Rose never bet against him. Like that just yeah, like he maintains, I think that he, that's like the get out of jail free card. Like you're telling me this motherfucker bet on his games for him to win. Well, I I don't even think he was betting on games that he was in or a part of. I I, I thought that he was betting on game, like betting on himself to win. Yeah, I know he never bet on like bet to lose, but yeah. I, I don't so know. It's just like, dude, if you ne- yeah, he never if, bet there's, against like, there's so many if you stories. weren't shaving, po- you know, like if he wasn't shaving points and like losing games he, so he could make money, then right. like. Yo, I, I just I just really don't I've I, everything that I've ever read or or seen or heard about Pete Rose is like I don't think that I don't think his punishment fits the crime. Neither do I. And what Pete like Pete never like yes he never what he cheated. did yes what he did was against the integrity of the game, but he never affected the outcome. And this, what the Astros did... If anything, he played harder to win. Like, it yeah. only, like, motivated and, him to be a better baseball player. And what the Astros did directly, directly, directly affected games. I mean, look... Yeah, if yeah you, they cheated. I mean, yeah. for sure. It's like, now, are other people doing it? Maybe. But they got caught and they're cheating. You know, it's like, this is pro sports. It's a, it's a billion-dollar industry. I think. I think this is like more closely to what the 1919 Black Sox did with Shoeless Joe Jackson where players accepted money from gamblers to throw games yeah, in the that, 1919 World Series. Yeah, see Series. that's different. I don't Pete Rose didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's way that's way worse. If you're I mean it's like the Boston College team, you know, like yep. from Goodfellas. Yeah, if you're if you're uh if you're losing games to cover bets, you know, on purpose if you're throwing games, that's like probably the biggest the biggest no no in sports. Yeah, I just I just think overall the they pun- should lose their title. Yeah, I I'm gonna beat that drum until like like the day I die. For example, probably. if they hadn't fired or suspended any of the the the, co- the managers, GMs, or the players, and they just took away their title, I think everybody would be happy. Honestly, uh, yeah. yeah, the rest of the league There's would be so happy. Many, I don't believe that. There are uh, no, so I, many. No, because nah, that's think, that's I ultimately think you fire the coach. That's ultimately in any sports: basketball, football, baseball, hockey. Doesn't matter. You fight for a championship. Like who it, cares like about Pete, a like if Pete Carroll stayed at like if Pete Carroll was the coach at USC when they finally like took yeah, away the after champ, all of that, like they would fire him. Yeah. yeah, but they would lose a title and then he would get fired. But but they wouldn't be like, oh, we lost the title. That's enough punishment, Pete Carroll. You can stay. Yeah, you know, I, no, I think I, I think you I think take no away matter, the title, I then you let once, the team decide what they want to do with their coaches. I think once you find out a team is cheating, and it, and we're all in agreement that they should lose a, a World Series over it, that manager and GM should get fired no matter what the yeah. outcome is. Yeah, I don't well, care. I think they would have gotten fired. I don't care if the Astros way. get eighty six from the league for a year. It's <laughs> like 
the coach and GM got to get fired. I mean, you got you guys are the leadership of the of the organization. Yeah. Or, or it's yeah. I mean, it's it's like you said, there are no bad students, only bad teachers. That's see, that, I don't believe that though. I, I, I do. I do. No. I do, man. Well, it's I, like I do believe there are bad students as well, but like it's a risk reward like evaluation of athletes. A- athletes have way like way higher risk and reward than owners. Like, here's the thing: Do you think if you were to go to the other 28 because i'm not including the dodgers in this because they're the ones that got screwed over the most in this but if you go to the other 28 owners and say this is the punishment you'll get for cheating to win a world series but you get to keep the world series would you do it i think all of them would say yes yeah of course that's why the punishment has to be they take off the world series yeah otherwise people will continue to do this yeah yeah i mean it's it's a it's a big, like it it's a not, big smudge in the sport. Like it would not surprise me if let's just say five years down the line we have a similar case like this. But baseball's I mean, baseball's tainted sport in general. I mean, this era of baseball has been it's just it hasn't been it's not the baseball of old, you know what I mean? It's no, not and, the pure game anymore. It's been tainted with shit like cheating and steroids, you know. Yeah, it's just it's it's especially tough to to Baseball's just been slowly dying since I've been alive. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's a, it's a great sport. It has a ton of history, and that's why it's good. And it's still a competitive game. And the ballpark has its lore, but all this kind of shit is just like it, it takes away from the game for sure. Like I I know motherfuckers are are still doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, and listen, signs. So so like you know not taking away the World Series, so that's taking away a deterrent as well. It's like oh well. If we get caught, then yeah, I'll, you're basically saying go pay, ahead and cheat, pay five mil, wash my hands, and walk out the well, building. Yeah, we may right. have to, yeah we may have the to a- fire a couple people. The Astros but we still get it. The Astros owner is worth like over two billion dollars. Five million dollars is chump change to him. Yeah. That, oh yeah. It's a fucking, yeah. You think he was stressing out about that? No. But I think it's just such such a tough scenario and a tough couple days, especially for me as a Dodger fan to. To have this all finally come you to could, fruition. You could take this punishment as, as far as you wanted to. I mean, taking away a World Series, you could take away revenue, sharing. You could take take you could damn near take away just about anything from the Astros and people would be like, you know what? That fits. Because yeah. I mean but they, see, I they think cheated. It, it you know, they back. did like the ultimate sin of sports. I think a lot of the, the fans though would say the only thing that fits is removing the title. Yeah, so no. spending people, it's like that no, comes I mean, and goes. Like you could take it as far as you wanted to. Like it, you could take away revenue sharing. Like pro sports are based on revenue sharing. Like there's yeah. a you take you get a certain cut of your revenue, and then the rest of it goes into the big pot where they split it up evenly, which is how, why you have small market teams and, and big markets. Kind of are the ten poles. It's like what if you didn't get that cut? That's like a, that's almost a bigger punishment because that's taking money out of the owners' pocket. or even or even a postseason ban for a couple of years. Yeah, so it's like you can you can even get like take away the World Series and you could even no, do but more. see there they would just tank and, and no I mean, one would I, care. I get what you're saying though, but they would just tank essentially. No, but essentially. You, you give a postseason ban, you take away draft picks and all of that. So it's, I'm just saying there's even more. You could even punish them more so than taking the World more, Series away. Wait, you more, could yeah, definitely more punish the them more. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 and people would still be okay with it. That's my point. My just, point is you could punish them as hard as you wanted to, and everyone would be okay with it because they cheated, which is kind of the ultimate sin But see, sin people of are not okay with it now just by the, the suspensions and the fines. No, because right. it's not enough. I'm saying if you made it more, people would be okay with it. You could yeah. make it as much as you wanted to Yeah, because they cheated. They they deserve no like 
mercy. No, they they should have gotten a. And they got off with a slap in the hand. Oh, hundred percent. They they could have slap gotten this, could have gotten like a death penalty type. Yeah, exactly. Punishment like we SC done, or we Penn done State. Crazy, you know, could have been which crazy. They, which they should have. I don't Ten think. postseason. I think people know, are like, happy if their if their title gets removed. That's the only way I feel like people are happy. You can yeah. fire and suspend and find all the people you want, but it's unfortunately not going to happen because this the punishment has been ha- given. They're yeah, not going to amend it. Happened already. They're not going to amend it. They like didn't want to do it because it'd be just a black smudge on baseball and history, it, and it sets a precedent to where if it happens again, nope, World Series is gone. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we might have. See, I don't see them we doing might that have though either. Ten, ten asterisks in our friggin' World Series history. Oh, well, exactly. The people should stop cheating. <laughs> well, they're never going to do that in a billion dollar industry because everyone's you, trying you, to get ahead. Yeah, if you can cheat and get away with it, you are making so much more money than the other teams. Yeah. So, all right, that's that's all I got. It's it's just tough because. Being a Dodger fan, not have not having them win win a World Series so far yet in my lifetime, and getting so close to to have it taken away because someone cheated their way to winning. Well, and it's just like you just never know. Like you'll never know what what could have been if the Astros like maybe if they weren't cheating, they'd still would have won. But we just never never know. Right. And listen, the Dodgers potentially maybe. could have been cheated out of two World Series in a row. Yeah. See, that's what really pisses off the Dodger fans. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you definitely don't want to be the one that was cheated on, but uh, no, it, it doesn't make <laughs> no. it. it doesn't. Well, when you put it like it, that, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. All right. You guys got any shout-outs before we get out of here? Nah, nothing. Nothing big time. I would if they uh, were would remove their title. <laughs> Then I would have a shout-out. All right. Well, I'm shouting out Joe Burrow, Coach Ed Ogeron, and the LSU Tigers for completing arguably the greatest football season, college football season of all time. They beat the defending national champion Clemson Tigers on Monday uh, to cap off a 15-0 and season for LSU, and that game was just so much fun to watch. Yeah, Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence's first loss. Since 2017. Well, high school. But high, high school, yeah. yeah. In high school. Yeah. But his first loss in college. Yeah. His first loss since 2017. Yeah, crazy. I mean, it was a great game for sure. I don't know about the whole Joe Burrow, greatest quarter, college quarterback ever. I don't know Man, about everybody's the greatest. riding him right I now. Don't know about, but that's how it is. I mean, yeah. that's I've, he I've, broke the record I've, for most touchdowns in a that, season. But that's that's like saying you know the guy that breaks the three record in college is the best three. It's like that. Those records are going to keep getting broken. That's the era of the game. Like we're in a passing league now. We're in a three point shooting league now. Yeah. You can't compare those records to old, you know, like there's going to be freaking J.J. Reddicks out there that are going to hit more threes than Ray Allen and Reggie. But it's like at the end of the day, we know, you know, we know what Ray and Reggie did for their time. Right. And uh, what I thought was actually cool about him breaking the record in the championship game. Tom Brady threw his record-breaking touchdown yeah. to Randy Moss, and Joe yeah. Burrow threw it to Thaddeus Moss, uh, yep. Randy Moss's son. Yep. So that was a little cool tidbit that I saw. But, yeah, it was, it was a fun game to watch. But, yeah, so with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachulke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. 
Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.